0: The first time I see the ghost of George Whitefield, I'm fucking my neighbor, Carl. We're going at it with more enthusiasm than finesse, the way you do when things are new. I lift my head. I'm going to kiss or perhaps bite Carl's neck. And that's when I see him. George, sitting at the end of the bed in knickers, vest, and long coat, hair tied back in a queue. Whore, the ghost whispers. And damn, he knows what gets me off. Whore, whore, whore. I come so hard, I get a foot cramp, and Carl says, fuck yeah. He can't see George. Carl lacks imagination. It's one of his best qualities. Lightning recap in My Slut Shaming Ghost Can Go to Hell by Gwen E. Kirby, A woman enjoys forbidden pleasure while being castigated by a puritanical ghost.
1: Hey, you've got a little time? Well, we've got a little podcast. This is and our Short Story Short Podcast. Today, I am Chris Garcia here with Christy,
0: who forgot to think up any sort of heroines from historical young adult lit and therefore is just herself today, I guess. I'll just be me. That's fine. It's a nice change of pace.
1: That's right, Miss uh... <laughs> Go Golightly. Something has gone terribly wrong. Hold on a moment.
0: <laughs> Chris is struggling with an armrest currently. It's a battle to the death.
1: Quite. You know, if I were looking for a number of hot sauce packets to exist within a story, what story should I read?
0: Uh, There are a lot of metaphorical hot sauce packets in uh, the story My mean Ghost Can Go to Hell by uh, Rain Died There. Gwen E. Kirby, there it is, (laughs) on Electric Lids.
1: (laughs) This is actually, I think the story that has the shortest period from its release to us covering it. I think this is, uh, this came out in January.
0: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
1: And the second I saw the title, I had to read it.
0: That title does really yank you right in, like, by the collar. It's almost, it's almost violent, but in a good way.
1: (laughs) Yes. And then the story itself It hit me from a couple of different directions. Because this is a fantasy story, it is also a relationship story. I would put it in the category I like to call slipstream. And I hope you can hear my finger quotes.
0: Somebody doesn't believe in slipstream, apparently, since he's making it imaginary with his finger quotes.
1: <laughs> that doesn't mean it's imaginary. It just means it's not real. <laughs> <laughs> the difference is subtle, but very.
0: <laughs> like unicorns and peanut butter.
1: Peanut butter is real. Mm-mm,
0: I don't believe in it. You're a part Actually,
1: of the... I- um, I
0: I actually love peanut butter, especially crunchy. So, but uh, it was the first thing that popped into my head. If I were going to make anything not real, and it was food, it would be onions. So. <sighs>
1: it just keeps getting harder. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: Speaking of which, this that's story. what that's what Carl said. <laughs> hey, oh. Um, what's fascinating about this is the. This is a highly adult story, working with themes that are fantastical at the same time as themes that are deeply personal as well as heavily sexual.
0: (laughs) I have to interrupt with a realization, and that is that we have gotten the title wrong all this time. Electric Lit likes to do that thing where they have the person who recommended the story give a little intro into it, and also they end up naming it something else. And so My Sletchaming Ghost Can Go to Hell is actually Here Preached His Last by Gwen E. Kirby. Um, I'm realizing this when I look at the very top. Looks All like right. really, really just uh, confusing. That's one thing I lo- I love. Okay, I love Electric Lit, but that's one thing that drives me crazy is when they give an alternate title, but they don't. It's not as clear that it's an alternate
1: title that's true although i will say this it's a better title
0: (laughs) it's a fantastic title yeah it really is is a lot more evocative and apt to the story although i like the mystery and sort of um shift of focus in here preached his last
1: that is true I think one of the one of the things about the story that that actually plays with is we have this question of whether or not she's actually seeing the ghost or if it's just her guilt. Uh-huh. And what I love in that first paragraph is, and Danny knows how to get me off that it's that it's actually having that aspect present helps her in the moment but it's it's a fascinating character study in a woman who is both comfortable in her sexuality or at least expressing it with Carl at the same time as watching herself spiral out of control
0: yeah, I think you are definitely spawned on with the phrase watching herself spiral because in a way it almost feels like she's watching herself as much as George, the, the puritanical ghost, is. She seems very much sort of outside looking in on her own actions and her own feelings even you know, as she kind of travels this road that she, she's gotten onto and There's that distance between her observations of herself and herself that makes it feel, it it does give her as a character a little bit of coldness, I guess I would say.
1: Yeah, and I think there's actually some very clear parts where the coldness is there. My personal favorite is Carl, I think, doesn't like to be reminded that, that we're doing a bad thing for no other reason than it feels good. I'm sorry, I say to him, even though I'm not. And before he distracts me with a kiss, I wonder why I'm risking so much just to have another person to apologize to.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, definitely. She's detached. She's very detached as a character. That makes it then harder for us as readers to to get close to her at all and have any sort of empathy. But I don't think we're supposed to.
1: I think you're right. And I, because I think we are having her aspect of societal expectations revealed to us as we go along. Cause when I first read the first section, I'm thinking, oh, okay, this is going to be one of those classic, you know, single girl in the city and she's mixed up and all. And then as you get, you know, you get the, she's married, you get the daughter, it's all of these things sort of come up and it becomes more, oh, my expectations at the initial were wrong. And this new thing puts everything in perspective. And maybe, just maybe, the ghost was right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> maybe. I mean, that's the thing is we are set up in this sort of um, immediate opposition to him because we're we're modern day people. And while morally and ethically what she's doing is wrong, you know, they both have spouses. It's also like, you know still kind of considered rude and a slur to you know of some sort to call somebody a you know a whore and so there's that part of you that's like well yes what you're doing is very very wrong but I don't feel like I'm allowed to call you a whore or like I'm supposed to or maybe i am I am I being like you know not not a true member of the sisterhood or what and so because that he George as a ghost is a puritanical dick, uh, and so we we can't sympathize with him. We're not really given much to sympathize with. We are kind of placed in the same uh, place where she is on the on the outside looking in.
1: Yeah, very true. And I think that when she begins to interact with the ghost in a way, it gets really really interesting. My you know one of the poll quotes I have on the side here. Whore, 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 he whispers, and I keep drinking more than I should on a Wednesday night or any night. And eventually he switches to glutton, 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 as if she knows that she can redirect his righteous anger towards something that she might find less affecting. Because I think the whole problem with her whole problem is she wants it all. And she also knows she can't have it all. And I think the ghost's reminders to her are that she should feel bad about this, at least in how she views the world. Because I think as much as the ghost, if you take him as a literal ghost, which would be awesome, uh, the literal ghost's view and her view of her own actions, I think, overlap so much. And I think she kind of also sees it as a pressure relief. That it lets it lets her off the hook in some ways with herself.
0: Yeah, it's almost like she's she can say, Well, I'm doing it in defiance of him, or I'm doing it, you know, as sort of an F you to him. And so it it's this almost offloading of guilt onto him because he's judging her, and you know, he's using you know, gross words that are part of the patriarchal ways of shaming women for enjoying their own bodies in any way, shape or form, and so on and so forth. And so it does set you up in this position where you almost morally don't know where you stand or where you're supposed to stand.
1: That's true. That's right. I think also there is great use of italics in this all over the place. Uh, All the words of the ghost are in italics, but my favorite is when... She gets the message from Carl and it says, is every, everything OK? You have to sort of, when you see you've been trained all along to think the words of the ghost are in italics, you kind of, I kind of definitely mentally placed that into the ghost's idea. This made me sort of have this theory that she is, since she is being affected by all these external inputs, they're all the same thing to her. That it's just, it's a flat surface that she is taking the input as all that really sort of comments on her situation.
0: Yeah, she's definitely, that's a part of her, I feel like, her distance and a part of how she manages her feelings or any sense of guilt. Because we don't really get too much of that. It's It doesn't, the guilt doesn't pop up nearly as much as you would think in a story about cheating. But but I think that's how she does it. Is she offloads it on to everyone, you know, around her. And and it it is sort of, in a way, pushing that responsibility elsewhere. And she is a cold, kind of unfeeling character. Where we're kind of seeing a woman who must have had some depth of feeling at some point, but she seems to have lost it and is having trouble connecting to those around her. I mean, she's coaching... Girls' soccer and a little girl who's been running so hard that she pukes and, you know, she just turns away and doesn't care. And as a coach, you know, that's no, you probably give two craps if a little kid's puking. There's something wrong, (laughs) generally.
1: You've obviously never coached a gymnast because that's how you produce winners. Um, Nope.
0: Well, I watched Cheer. So,
1: (laughs) oh, fair enough. Uh,
0: (laughs) Close enough. (laughs) I also stayed at a Holiday and Express last
1: night. I love holiday Um, The ghost is a great tool. And throughout the history of literature, ghosts have served this role, basically. Uh, Shakespearean ghosts often did this. In particular, you know, Hamlet has, has that big guy. Uh, again, quotation fingers. Um, also, whose name was Hamlet. Hmm. But this idea that, you know, the ghost is commenting on the scene as someone with more knowledge of what's actually happening, the reality of what's happening, which is an interesting sort of switch that she is signing that if it is something that she is creating, and I go both ways on that, like Olivia Newton-John, that she has created a puritanical ghost, like, A very stereotypically puritanical ghost also. (laughs) And I think that that aspect shows what she wants out of the ghost. That she wants to have that she is being the modernist woman and moving forward. And she's only now being the only part of her that is the guilt is this puritanical form of herself that's, you know, completely irrelevant today.
0: I really like that interpretation. Yeah, it gives, the, it gives the ghost, the ghost has so much to him if you really think about it because he is in that way, her way of carrying guilt and shame. He is that way of her saying, kind of using this activity, that she's doing uh, to make her feel better about herself by being like, well, I'm just being a, a modern woman who doesn't attach feelings to sex. And so if I'm not gonna attach love to sex, I'm not gonna attach guilt to, to sex. They're both feelings. She's doing that with the ghost and the ghost is also serving as kind of a sex aid. <laughs> <laughs> as we see right from the beginning, as you mentioned, is this whole idea of, you know, like him kind of, the, the ghost kind of spurring her on. <laughs> and it's just very much that ghosts serve so many different purposes that it's almost inevitable that she would have, if, if she has invented this, if this is more um, product of a vivid imagination than it is product of, you know, a fantasy world where, where ghosts exist for real, for sure, and, and watch people have sex and comment on it, uh, then, I, yeah, it seems inevitable that she would have come up with this ghost because it serves so many purposes for her.
1: And I think there's actually a a portion where, and I believe it's even a called out portion sort of set off from everything else uh, that sort of, I think, shows the role that she has assigned to him uh, in parentheses, or in uh, italics. It is love which brings man closer to God, George says. Thank you, George, I say. And I'm surprised by his kindness that I almost cry love and sincere repentance. Okay, George, I say, I get it. <laughs> I mean that alone tells me that she has created him to serve a role. And maybe getting away maybe it might be getting away from her. <laughs> but it's a really I actually kind of find that that moment kind of touching.
0: <laughs> yeah, it is kind of sweet because there's there's almost sort of a it feels like a fondness to that statement of, you know, okay, George, that's enough. You know, it can feel like, okay, he knows when he stepped over the line. And this is it almost has that feel of sort of a, a friendly teasing relationship where he can be like, oh, and by the way, you're a dirty, dirty sinner. And she can be like, oh, I know, go on.
1: <laughs> I think it's, as a story, I think it holds together really well and I think it avoids something that this kind of story can very easily do, which is at the end, bogging down in the realization of the world around it. And it does not do that. It actually ends pretty much exactly when it has to.
0: Yeah. And you know me and endings and it's a, it's a hard thing to get the, uh, get the ending really nailed. Sometimes you go too far. Sometimes you don't go far enough. Uh, but I, I really enjoy that. She's still, you know, addressing George and it's interesting something I'm just now catching you know yes I'm here I'm here a body just a body and so let's think about the fact that you know she is offloading all of her feelings and emotions everything that that makes her human onto him but she's got the one thing that he doesn't have
1: that's right that's very that's that's kind of moving (laughs) yeah it's a it's a complicated it's a surprisingly complicated story Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, because when I started reading it, I had that expectation and it completely threw me for a loop. And I think that's that's one of the reasons why I was so drawn to it, because it has that complexity that I find appealing.
0: Yeah, it definitely draws you in and gives you a lot to work with, a lot to chew on, a lot to think about.
1: I like chewing.
0: Yeah, me too. Chewing is good.
1: I also like swallowing things whole. That's also fun.
0: That, um, well, just... I, I don't even know where to take this, honestly. Be careful what you swallow, I guess. I don't know.
1: <laughs> Although I will say one thing for sure about this episode. We have said whore more than any other episode we've done, probably combined. <laughs>
0: Definitely. And probably more F-bombs just from the very introduction uh, of the very the very reading the first paragraph of the
1: Oh, uh, we're terrible. <laughs> My ghost just told me that. <laughs> Hey, Christy.
0: Hey, what? What should we read next week? Next week, we are going to read Brokeback Mountain by Annie Proulx. woo
1: And you might not know it, they made it into a movie.
0: Yeah, a little obscure. Uh, I think the, the, the guys who were in it were not very well-known.
1: Yeah, it was called Clerks. It's, it's solid.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Check it out.
1: Yeah. Well, then, until next week, this hath been Short Story.
0: Short podcast.